Hi, and welcome to the Seeing Deep podcast, where we see deep in the shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. This month, we are discussing how to reset our mindset. And my co-author, licensed counselor Michelle Niedert, and I are unpacking how to overcome negative mindsets. Michelle Niedert is a licensed counselor and practitioner who has been equipping women in and out of the counseling office for over 25 years. She is the clinical director of Community Counseling Associates in Allen, Texas, working alongside her pet therapy dog, Dylan. Her practice is a combination of counseling clients and Christian women life coaching clients looking to focus on creating meaning and productivity in their everyday lives. She is a frequent guest on national television and podcasts, including her own Raising Mentally Healthy Kids. Michelle has been featured in publications like Just Between Us, Focus on the Family, Lifeways Parenting Magazine, and the Mops Blog, and speaks across the country. She is the co-author of an award-winning, best-selling devotional for girls titled Loved and Cherished with Proverbs 31 speaker and writer Lynn Cowell. She and her husband Drew have been married almost two decades, and she joins her audiences in the parenting trenches with two school-aged children. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited. I mean, last week I was bummed when I was like, oh, we can't do it together. But I'm so thrilled that my audience gets to hear you and gets to hear what you, how you've contributed so much to our book, Make Up Your Mind. So the scripture for this episode is Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. This scripture needs to be in front of us to remind us of the importance of what we set our mind on. As I discussed with you this month about our book, Make Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life, I've written about 10 chief negative mindsets, explored a biblical character in each chapter who dealt with this mindset, and unpacked triggers that lead to these mindsets and tips that lead us out, then finished each chapter with keys to having the mind of Christ sharing an example of Christ's example with each of these mindsets. Then each chapter provides an opportunity for practical application, as Michelle has a section in each chapter that brings the wealth of her experience to this topic from her biblical counseling with practical takeaways for each of these mindsets as well. Michelle, in your field as a counselor, do you think people track their thoughts or are aware of them? I think they want to. I think we all do. I mean, I don't think this idea of renewing your mind or cognitive behavioral therapy is new anymore to our culture. I think that we know that we struggle with negative thoughts and we want to have more positive thoughts in the Christian world. We know we can get sucked into that worldview of being our thoughts being based on what we do, how people respond to us, and then how liked we are, those types of things. But unfortunately, what happens to us is even though we know these things, you know, and that's what Paul said the whole Christian walk struggle is about, right? We know in our head these things. We talk about in the counseling office all the time, the 12 inches between our head and our heart. (laughs) And so I think that we, we want to do this. I think we do. And I think we go to conferences. I think we read books. And I think we think, I'm going to do this. And, and maybe we even do it. It's just like our, you know, it's kind of like our food plan, our workout plan, our parenting, like not losing your mind plan, everything else. We, we have great intentions and we want to practice these. But, you know, you and I have talked this week, Denise. I mean, I definitely know what to do. I've been teaching others what to do in this area for years, mm. but it doesn't take much to throw us off track. 
It doesn't take much for us to all of a sudden experience emotions or thoughts that just align more with that worldview. You know, I was thinking even just now, you and I were talking and in between you and I prepping for this podcast and starting to record it, I realized I missed a deadline with one of my kids' schools with enrolling in their courses. And there's part of me that thinks, why can't I do something that simple on time? You know, and then you can just get down on yourself so fast. So it doesn't even have to be a thought. It can even be a question you ask yourself. And then the next thing you know, you're on this roller coaster of just feeling emotionally overwhelmed, frustrated. And I am talking to people, not only in our counseling offices with our 15 staff members who are working with people, but all over the country that just never before have felt this sense of a lack of joy, and a sense of defeat. And it, it concerns me greatly. It's one of the reasons when you mentioned this book, I had no idea where we were going at that time that I was so passionate about working with you on this because this battle and this struggle is real. And it's daily. Mm-hmm. People ask me all the time, how often do you have to make up your mind? I'm like, every day. Sometimes every hour, sometimes every minute. It's just not that simple. I agree. And I think a lot of times it's because we think about making up our mind, we probably think about it like in a vacuum. Like, sure, I I can make that decision. But the hard and challenging thing for us, and and as you referenced Paul and learning to walk in the spirit, is it is not in a vacuum. It is constantly with different things coming at us. And that's where abiding in Christ, that's where we tap into the Holy Spirit for help because we can't do it on our own. And it isn't just about willpower. Because if it were, I mean, I think a lot of us would say, well, forget it. <laughs> we'll never get there. <laughs> I think but, we would, or sometimes we buy into somebody who's selling this self-help program. And we think, <laughs> if I just buy this one, somebody's got a secret that I don't have, I think a lot of times. And I, I want to say to people, and we work with a lot of faith-based clients, God's got the secret. And you're going to have to turn to him. Maybe like I think about the mom who's got preschool kids um, who are having meltdowns. You're going to have to turn to him multiple times a day. I think about the colleague who's at work right now with the workforce. Um, Most people are in jobs where they're doing more work than they really can do in a eight-hour day. They're, the demand is for more than that. And so we, we can very quickly feel inadequate and in, inefficient and insignificant I know that's a word I hear a lot. I just feel insignificant. And those are the things that I think the enemy wants us to believe about ourselves because they are the antithesis of what God's word says is true about us. And so so our circumstances are such triggers for us, for sure. Yeah, and I do think you hit on something there too. What are we relying on? As you were speaking, I was thinking about Hezekiah and there's a scripture that says that he was relying on his physicians. And so I think the key here is, yes, we can go to a counselor. Yes, we can go to friends. But really paramount is the word of God and running to God and running to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, please help me. And when we rely on God, and and a lot of times people put so much emphasis on their own thoughts, and that's the problem. The crux of the problem is we let our thoughts dominate our life instead of God's thoughts. And so learning to rely on him and that is, I think, so key. So how do you think people realize that they are off track? I think for women, especially, we feel it emotionally. We all of a sudden find ourselves feeling stuck, mm. overwhelmed, not wanting to face a day or not wanting to face an activity 
or something where we've got to show up. Sometimes it's not, I mean, I'm going to be really honest because these are big struggles with women. It's not wanting to face the closet, the mirror, you know, uh, somewhere you're going to be recorded, something like that. I just, I'm working with women all the time who just feel like an interview that they just can't bring who God really created them to be to the table because the world is kind of whittling away at them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's difficult because like you said, the world whittling away at them, it, it can happen by degrees. Yeah. You know, we may not realize something's thrown our way and we try to bounce back from it, but maybe we didn't fully bounce back. And then another thing chips away at our self-worth and before we know it, we're just heading down. And so I think that's why it is so important to be aware and to track our thoughts. And, and by that, I don't mean that we jot them all down because <laughs> obviously we couldn't do that. Some people say we have 70,000 thoughts a day, 35,000 decisions a day, but there's an awareness um, that we can have. And so uh, what strategies do you recommend to people to help them overcome and, and perhaps be aware of their mindset struggles? You know, I I wish I could give a really simple answer for that. I think that there are some strategies and we need, we treat the whole person in our counseling office. So I really think we need a whole person approach to these Mm. strategies as well. We need a spiritual approach. We need to know who and whose we are first and foremost. And we're going to have to brainwash our brains if we didn't grow up young with that idea. You know, we're, mm. Lynn and I are trying to do that with Loved and Cherished with girls very young so mm. that they don't buy into the worldview to begin with. But for most of us, we we lived our lives believing we needed to look a certain way, perform a certain way, interact a certain way to experience a good life. And so Mm -hmm. I think we have to really consciously, I tell my clients, like a lot of times I'll give them an assignment and they'll come back next week and say, it didn't work. Well, you're not going to retrain your brain in seven days. You're talking about thousands of thoughts over thousands of days, over thousands of years. I think there's some hope. It's just Mm -hmm. like a workout schedule. I think after you get a rhythm to it, it's going to start moving faster and it's going to be easier. But man, those first couple of weeks are, are I don't I don't even want to say they're like nail biters or you know grippers. I want to say they are they are head turners towards God to say, help me. I cannot do this alone. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is where I do think turning to a friend, turning to your church community, turning to people. A lot of times they are the voice of God reinforcing his truth. A Christian counselor, people tell me that all the time. You remind me of God's truth when I'm in Mm -hmm. here and I need that because the world, they are hearing and seeing lies. And sometimes they're not lies. They're criticisms about our performance, but it's so easy to take some small negative feedback, whether it's even real or perceived, and Mm -hmm. turn it in to an old track to chain it emotionally. And we're going to talk about those different spears to a track. And so I think we look at spiritual, we look at a mental spear, we look at an emotional spear, we look at a physical spear and a relational spear. I think we have to look at them all. Yes, I agree. When you talk about a physical training that you start. So I got back to the gym with my husband after um, having COVID again, you know, and the long COVID where you have the migraines and all that fun. And and I was just, it's, it's perseverance. It's, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. And, and over time, you start to see improvement. And already, you know, I see improvement. It's just about being willing to cooperate and position ourselves 
for healing too. We have to show up and, and seek God in that. And so why don't you tell us about your first fear? Okay, so let's talk about the spiritual fear spear first. And I, that's probably the hardest one to say together. <laughs> um, but, you know, I really do think that we have to know first these truths about who we are. And so I do meet a lot of people who call themselves Christians, and they are Christians, but they, do, they have never spent time really retraining their brain in God's word to align with his thoughts. And you spend a lot of time in the book covering this. And you really kind of shovel that in as well. If you read this book, you're going to read all these scriptures that Denise has for you. And I think we've got to read them daily. We've got to memorize some of them. And I know that's hard. I'm, I'm working on that again right now. It's, it's as you age, you know, it's easy to remember I, for me, at least like the Lord's prayer and Psalm 23, because I, I learned that in a public high school, Psalm 23, I was allowed to do for poetry memorization, but, and those come back to me really quickly, but it's important that we began to continue this process. I call it brain training from a mental health perspective, but it's brain training from a faith-based perspective of using God's word to literally change the way the cells in your brain work. So mm -hmm. I think that's the first component. And then I think there is a mental battle. And I think you've got to start that from the moment you wake up. Mm -hmm. Because Denise, if I asked you how you feel when you wake up in the morning, <laughs> how do you generally feel? Honestly, uh, usually pain yeah. is the first indicator wow. I have. And yeah. so, um, but I had autoimmune for like 30 years. And so it was something that you sort of learn to adapt to, but it's been lessened lately. So I praise God for that. But I can tell when I first wake up, if this is going to be one of those two Tylenol, two Advil days. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, you, you get up and you seek God and you, you go about and before you know it, you feel a little bit better. But yeah, there's things every day, you know, that if you went just by your feelings, uh, we probably wouldn't accomplish much, but feelings aren't facts. And that's it's operating in faith. That's where I really try to work with people to think, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel peaceful, energetic, productive? And then what are you going to need to think to feel that way? And you need to think that thought before your feet hit the floor. For me, yes. especially, I need to think that thought before my feet hit the floor. Because you know, I just recently had a hip replacement and I'm going to experience pain the minute my feet hit the floor. And I can start very quickly thinking, I'm not going to be able to get much done today. This is going to be a real battle for me. Um, I'm getting stronger, but it's hard. Those kind of thoughts. And I don't want to think those thoughts. I want to see myself as someone who is strong in the Lord, because it talks about that in scripture, being strong in the Lord. And so I'm going to walk in his strength. And it talks about in our weakness, he is made strong. So I'm going to kind of say to God, maybe in the morning, God, I know I'm going to have a great day, even though there's going to maybe be some physical pain involved with it. I, I think it's really a bad sell when somebody tries to sell you this idea that, you know, you're going to just embrace this thought and you're not going to feel this physical sensation anymore. I mean, I do believe in miraculous healing, but I don't believe it happens to most of us every single day of our lives. There are moments where those things occur, and I thank God for those. But most of us are going to struggle with this broken world and our broken bodies, as you and I are talking about right now. So I think we have to be intentional about our mindset when we wake up. But if that's the only time we're intentional, I think it's better than nothing. And if that's where you're starting, start there. But I also think you're, you talk a lot about this. I talk a lot about this. You're going to need some mindset resets 
along yes. the way. Because what's going to happen is at some point you're going to, we're going to get into this emotional sphere. You're going to be in your day and all of a sudden realize you're angry. Where did that come from? Or you're sad. Or where did that come from? Or you're all of a sudden overwhelmed, which I think is part of anxiety. Where did that come from? And that's where I think we have to become thought detectives. And we have to look back to say, what am I thinking? Right. And then sometimes we need to think about our circumstances because what we didn't realize is somebody, we had a conversation with somebody and that comment flew over our heads, but it didn't flow. It didn't fly over our hearts and it Mm -hmm. sunk in deep. And and for those of us who are sensitive and we want to do good, I work with a lot of moms who internalize those thoughts and a lot of really, I mean, if people admire them, really productive, successful women in the workforce who still have those old thoughts that come from their chained to really and truly curses that were said over them in childhood, bullying that occurred in school, this idea, even that they make inside their own heads. You know, I talk to teenage girls and this not enough that comes out of nowhere. And man, you can just start feeling defeated so fast. So I think when we feel that emotional sphere hit us, we've got to begin to look. And that's when you're talking about like, like starting over, thinking again, we try to be intentional, but we get lost. Yeah, I agree. And I think with the mental sphere, there's a sense of being aware of the narrative going through in your mind. And I think with the symptoms, like you mentioned, you know, you start to feel bummed out. Okay, that's a symptom. Let me be aware of that. Um, And where is that coming from? Asking questions to drill down. What is the root of that can help? And then with the emotional sphere, which you mentioned about not being enough, That's something I've written about, you know, with my book, Shame Off You. But for me, there was such liberty in confessing I'm not enough and admitting it. I'm not. Christ is my sufficiency. He's my strength. And I think all the time I've wasted in my life because someone said something about me or I don't feel like I'm enough, I I realize I was never going to be enough. Christ is. And he accepts me. And I think that has just helped me so much in that emotional sphere. And I think something you did say is emotions are not facts. We cannot allow ourselves to be led by our emotions. It's just so destructive to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, I think, a relational sphere as well. Yes. And that is this idea that we are going to receive feedback in our relationships. And that can affect our thinking. Sometimes it's not even... I call it covert feedback, which is where you just have an interaction. I know I work with a lot of women. Their marriages are not really in a great place right now. And so when they interact with their spouses, they walk away feeling unloved. And so there's thoughts that go with those that we need to reset our mindset. Or we can even get into a victim mindset, you know, where I'm never going to be happy because I'm in this marriage that's unhappy. And maybe my spouse isn't walking close with God, the helpless mindset, some of these things that we experience. And that's where we have to go back to decide that a man is not going to determine our value, our worth, our lovability, or even the beginning of how we're going to interact during our day. And, and sometimes they're in very critical marriages and they're getting really negative feedback. Sometimes their husbands really honestly are just busy. I, I find that to be true even with women with other women. You know, sometimes relationally you'll have this interaction and you'll think, man, is she mad at me? Is something wrong? And then when you write a text to him and just say, hey, I just, you know, this may be me being oversensitive, but I just want to see if I've offended you in some way. 
that person's like, no, I just wasn't in the mood to talk. I'm an introvert or no, I was really busy at the moment. And I, w- I probably should have been more friendly. Or if you talk to me right now, you know, I, t- I keep telling my kids, I'm going to sound grumpy because I'm in pain, but I'm not grumpy with you. Mm-hmm. But most of us are not counselors and we're not giving that overt message of it's not about you. So it's very easy for us to start to think it's about you and then to emotionally and mentally chain that back to lies that we previously believed that make us feel very defeated. Yes. And I think uh, you hit on something really good there, too, that uh, communication is part of the key to breaking free in the relational sphere, you know, uh, in humility going and saying, if I offended you in any way, or, but because if we don't communicate, you see, this is what shame does. It silences us. Or, you know, if we feel insecure in some way, and then we don't communicate that we're going around with a, a mindset in the dumps and it doesn't have to be there. We can communicate. And sometimes you might say, Oh, communicating is hard. You don't know how they respond. Well, maybe it's baby steps. Maybe it's let me try first in humility to apologize if I've done anything. And that opens a doorway. And, but Michelle hit on something really great too, with another person doesn't determine your joy, our response to them, you know, our, we get to determine that. Um, And it is something that we have to believe that. I think it's easy to kind of just, well, but I feel this way. No, don't, don't believe that. Believe that you can choose joy, even in that place. Well, and I think along with that, We do need to be, I tell women who are working this program in our counseling offices, you know, you need positive support. It's part of a mental health treatment plan. And so whether you find it at women's Bible study, whether you find it because you're on a praise team, whether you find it in your neighborhood, um, within your family or within a close group of friends, we, I need people who see the God in me at work. And, and, and I mean, not the God, but God and me and work, you know, they, they see that and they affirm that. And that mm-hmm. does help us. And, and it needs to be pointed out. So I do think it's important that, you know, scripture calls us to be encouragers for a reason. Yes. Because mm-hmm. God knows that he created us with the need for encouragement. And so if you're in a situation where you're not receiving encouragement from anyone in your life, I do think it's time to look at your circle and begin to make some relational changes. I'm so grateful for my 11-year-old. He tells me all the time how much he loves me, how glad he is my that I'm that he's my son and that I'm the best mom in the world for him. And I love that because you know the, we do need some of those words to help undo and break those lies in our lives that we might have experienced before. Yes, and you know as you're saying that I remember a time weeping on my knees in my bedroom and talking on the phone to a friend and I was in a court battle and I I just was confessing I was afraid yeah and and you know that someone would be mad at me yeah and she just said two words so what (laughs) and it may sound funny but it it liberated me I, I didn't have to let that person being angry angry at me impact me in the way that it was. And so I had a choice and I don't know, just knowing that you have people there who are going to help you walk through and have healthy mindset in your relationships is very important. It's life-giving. I know my sister said to me the other day, I was just so worked up and I felt so defeated. And she said, I think you're going to have to adjust your care meter. (laughs) You know, like I thought that was so good because I just (laughs) need to hear that, that 
I get to choose how much I care about this situation and how much I'm going to let it affect how I feel today and what I think about myself and my world. And here's where I tend to get lost. I forget that God is bigger than our situations. Yes. I forget mm. that he can work when I'm not working, that that sometimes I get so frustrated with humanity. And I think especially as a counselor of 25 years, I get to see how bad it can be. So I know the reality of what can hit. And and that's hard to know. It's hard to know and how to hard to walk in. And I think it's hard to, you know, we talk about this battle of the mind. You can't be tracking your thoughts all day or you won't be present yeah. in your life experiences. But when you feel yourself getting that negative mindset, what, whatever the one we've mentioned in the book is for you that you really struggle with, whether it's scarcity, you know, that's very prevalent right now in our culture. I think especially for young, like if you're a 20 something and you're thinking, will I ever be able to afford a house? Will I ever have a job that pays enough? All those hard questions. Those questions can lead to dangerous places of a lack of hope. And so I think it it is really hard, but I think we can do this hard work together. And, and it's I think so that's good. why you and I are reaching out to women, because we want to do it with you. Yes. And, you know, when you mentioned the scarcity chapter, uh, every time I go back and reread it, because, you know, you just you read what you've written and you try to just codify the what you've written in your brain even more. But the scarcity mindset, I weep every time. <laughs> I mean, God has just met me in each of these mindsets we've discussed. And you might say, oh, I don't struggle with that. Uh, you might be surprised. I think all of the mindsets at some point we have to face and we have to know how to face them. I agree. And I think that's why this book doesn't have to be a book that you read all the way through. We know most people don't anyway, right? Like less than 20% of people, just if you feel guilty about that, let me just take you off the hook right now. <laughs> less than 20% of people who buy a book actually purchase a book. We're not calling checking it out or borrowing it. Actually make it through the whole book. So knowing that's true, we're really hoping you'll use this almost like you would use, you know, something where you can get scriptures on a specific subject. If you are struggling with a certain mindset, you can come back to this book, find that chapter and, and let it provide you help in that moment or that season of your life for that situation. Because I agree, there are some chapters some people are going to relate to more than others. But I think that the longer that you're here on earth and the longer that you're experiencing things, you may fall prey to one you don't even know that's coming. I never experienced any physical pain other than a quick tennis injury recovery in high school until like really and truly my 40s was the first time mm -hmm. I hit that, mm -hmm. which moves us to the last sphere that we're going to talk about, and that's the physical sphere. And here's what I want to say. We want to have these healthy thoughts in our heads. And I have a lot of training by Dr. Daniel Amen, Amen Clinics. And, you know, he's got a new book out on happiness coming out. Um, and so he's kind of talking about this idea of finding some new feelings in this process, but he says, you can't get healthy thoughts very easily from an unhealthy brain. And mm -hmm. our brains are connected to our bodies. And that's why, even though I am so imperfect in this and my struggle is real and anybody who's heard me on an interview before has probably heard me talk about cookies because, you know, <laughs> I like sugar. I really do. And it's a hard struggle for me. But I know that a healthy brain is going to face this battle of the mind so much better. So, and not only that, but like even elevating our mood and elevating our thoughts. If I'm stuck as a writer, or if I'm feeling like in a funk as a counselor, especially when I'm doing telehealth at home, I will get outside in that sunshine. Mm -hmm. even though I know it's hard to find some time in the winters and walk <laughs> around the block 
Because in that, my thoughts will clear up. I will be able to think more clearly. And I do think, ladies, we've got to manage the side of our lives, what foods we're putting into our body, how we're moving our body. And then also, I think, you know, hormones do affect our emotions and our thoughts. And as we hit perimenopause and menopause, we can have some struggles we've never faced before. Maybe since middle school puberty. I laugh because I've got a daughter in puberty and here I am in menopause. And that's my husband's like some days I think I'm out, you know, in the midst of it. But there are real experiences, postpartum women I work with. That's another time that our hormones can take over. And that's where I think sometimes we have to say, that's my hormones talking. Mm-hmm. That's not me. That's not what I believe. That's not the truth. And we kind of have to face that battle of that. And then we want to work on those things. I think it's important. I think um, as the culture has moved on, I think a lot of us neglect our health care. And it's an important part of this process is that that mind is tied in a brain. And, and, and it sticks differently. Like if I asked you, Denise, today, What'd you eat five weeks ago on Wednesday? Could you tell me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably not. Now, if you eat the same thing every Wednesday for lunch, you might know. But otherwise, mm-hmm. you're not. But if I asked you, where were you when 9-11 occurred? Do you know? Yes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. what the when you look at books like The Body Keeps Score, we're looking that the brain remembers things differently. And so that's significant to us. And so sometimes, ladies, when you're experiencing a difficult thought, it's because you've got a bigger memory line in your actual neuro pathways for that memory. And we've got to work even harder at putting God's truth over that pathway, especially if you experienced abuse, trauma, things like that sometimes can cause some really strong lies in our lives. And so we've got to keep covering that and covering that. And I, one of the most practical ways I do that is with a doorway. Sometimes when I go through a doorway, I think again, what do I want to think right now? What do I want to feel? What do I want to be about? So while we can't just constantly track our our thoughts, I think we can put some really practical resets in. I think sometimes that's why God may have given us prayer before meals, because that's another chance to just really quickly reconnect you to God Mm -hmm. and maybe help you um, create a new mindset. And that's something I'm kind of trying to work on because I'm that woman who eats through lunch. So I'm not really even praying. I'm kind of working and shoveling at the same time. And I'm trying to take more moments to take a deep breath because I know that'll clear out my emotions and begin to breathing, even getting that oxygen into my brain, stretching, getting some of that like tenseness out of my muscles can free up my thoughts to realign with where I maybe started in the morning. And then That's where good. I want to end at night as well. Yeah, I think the thing with the physical that is hard back to again, when you really aren't feeling well, yeah. um, and, and, and I'm closing in on almost 30 pounds lost over an extended period of time, because it's been somewhat slow. But uh, part of that was making myself move when I did not feel like I could because I just hurt. And, uh, you know, doing what you can to try to help with that. Um, you know, eating healthfully, you know, I don't eat sugar anymore, extremely rare, you're going to see sugar, because it made me feel awful. And so uh, having low inflammatory diet helps me to feel better. And, and then, like you're saying, pausing, making ourselves pause. And I love what you said about before a meal, but even in the morning, you know, having that cup of coffee or tea, whatever it is you like, but I shut down other things. I just want God's word in my Bible tribe that I do. And I I just sit there. And, you know, I I teased my son this morning because I was saying, 
uh, what, do you have your de- devos? And he's like, yes, mom. You know, and I was like, what that take you like all of 30 seconds to say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know? no, I'm laughing so hard because of course I have an 11 year old son. So he, he's actually starting to mature a little. And I love this. I think everybody's got to start somewhere. Yes. And I think starting maybe with having Alexa read you the verse of the day or pulling that off the Bible apps, a great baby step to start in mm-hmm. your life. And then Maybe going from there, now he's reading a devotional more often, he's telling me. And then he started doing it at night because that was his favorite time to do it. Now he's, he gets up a little earlier and he's ready for before school a little earlier. So some, he'll do it in the mornings now too, he was telling me. And I love that to start your day and end that your day. When people have sleep issues, sleep is a huge part of this physical mm-hmm. battle. Yes. And if you didn't sleep well the night before, you're probably going to be a little grumpy. Let's be honest, at some point in the day, And so sometimes I reset my mindset with an app. It really helps me Mm. to take 20 minutes, go back to sleep and start my day kind of over. If I've had a really rough day in the office, a lot of emotion, because I absorb some of that. Um, As hard as I try not to, you know, I just am a natural empath. I might kind of just like cleanse my body of that by taking my nap, letting my brain shut down. I have a lot of people who struggle with going to sleep. I can't tell you how bad that is in our country today as I talk to people and they ignore that. And so, you know, I tell them, if you really can't fall asleep, get out the Bible. Um, I can give you some passages in like Deuteronomy or Leviticus that'll probably put you to sleep pretty fast. And that's what (laughs) I told my son, you know, like if nothing else, read, if you're struggling, if you got a kid who's struggling with fear at night, um, my son sometimes wakes up with bad dreams. And so we will pray and read the battle. And that's where I want to go back to the battle. I want to go back to the battle because I think let's end back on that spiritual fear. You know, there is an enemy out here to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes we can be checking off these earthly boxes like that you and I've kind of been talking about. And we're still feeling like we are just like, there's this whoosh that's coming at us spiritually and emotionally. And a lot of times it feels emotional, I think, to women from everywhere we turn. And when that happens, I do believe that we're under a spiritual attack Mm. and we need to put on our armor of God, like it talks about in Ephesians 5. You can look that up if you've never seen that before. I think it's a great passage to look at. I think also we can say, listen, I'm not going to let the enemy to, you know, it, to get to me. I had taught my son when he was scared at night in his room to say, go away in Jesus name, you know, just to kind of get the end. He didn't even realize he, I'd tell him to call it fear. I didn't want to put this devil and have an extra, you know, idea in his head yeah. <laughs> at a very young age. But just when he would say fear, go away in Jesus name. And I think he was like addressing that spirit of fear that we can all fall prey to. We can fall prey to a spirit of defeat. And mm-hmm. let me tell you this, when when I'm struggling with those, I know better that after I'm over 50 now to do it on my own. I asked for prayer and I just went last weekend actually to a cabin and they said, why are you here? And I'm like, for y'all to pray for me, like literally stick your hands on me and pray for me and to pray for healing. And I knew it was more than healing of just my hip even though I need my hip to be healed and, you know, and it's hard. I think you're right. I'm going to physical therapy. That's another place where I'm getting encouragement. And sometimes I can't push myself. I need somebody else to push me a little bit. And that's why I think we use trainers. We, you know, some of us are brave enough to do camp gladiator. That's not me, but I'm grateful for people (laughs) who are. And I think we need that extra encouragement. I know that I have a Pilates instructor. I can't wait to get back because she's so positive. And she says great things about how we're growing stronger. And I need to be thinking of myself, even when I'm struggling with my weakness. And when those women were praying over me, one of them said, I feel like I have a word for you. I feel like when you look in the mirror, you see weakness. 
Mm-hmm. And and you are strong and you are not done. God is not done with you. He has more for you and you are going to rise again. It may feel right now. And that's where we get to those emotions. Like you are going to be in this place forever because it does. We're just like kids, you know, their days <laughs> seem so long when we're going through hard times. Our days seem really long. But mm-hmm. she said to me, you will rise again. And, and I really felt like that was the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through her and I'm claiming that promise. And I tell my daughter when people pray over her and she's all feels very affirmed, write that stuff down, mm-hmm. write that stuff down and claim that, especially when there's scripture that you can well attach to it. Amen. And stay in the battle. You know, I think sometimes we want to give up and we grow weary, but the best way to stay in the battle is, is simply by giving up on our own and saying, Lord, I, I can only do this through you. Please enable me. Um, and definitely having your community around you. Well, guys, our book, Make Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Woo! Thoughts, Transform Your Life, is available for pre-order now. Cue the confetti. Woo! Yeah! It is exciting. <laughs> it is. And, and if y'all knew what it took to get it to pre-order, I've never experienced this before, you would be celebrating with us like no other. It Sometimes <laughs> there are battles along the way that you have no control over, but we are there. And we would love for you to pre-order this book because we do feel like, the, those stories of Bible characters like Denise is writing about, those, those tr- really helping you manage those triggers, helping you claim those keys, helping you take those practical strategies like I'd give you for homework in the counselor's office. In fact, right now, if you're listening, I would ask you, and we would love for you to share it, share it in, on, in the reviews for Denise, send us an email. What's your takeaway from this? Because I don't want you to work on all five spheres. That's like playing whack-a-mole. <laughs> take one takeaway from this and work on it. And that's what we want you to do is like order this book and then kind of let it, take it piece by piece. Don't feel guilty that you only get to a little bit at a time and find a takeaway from it and apply it to your life. And that is going to breathe the word of God and the work of his spirit into your soul. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening and joining us today. Join us next month as we will be learning how to think biblically. You won't want to miss this. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. (laughs) 